soaring through the night sky, letting out a blood-curdling scream with a flash of dark leathery wings and an ape-like figure with razor-sharp talons. Meet the Ahul. Is the massive ape-like flying creature the stuff of legends, or is it rooted in reality? Is the Ahul a relative of the extinct pterodactyl, or even more intimidating, is it the inspiration for ancient Mesoamerican mythology? Welcome to another episode of the Cabinet of Dr. Mystery. I am your host, Dr. Mystery. I tried to create living zombies. Reports that have been made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. All I gotta do is relax and they'll take me to their death. Last chance to evacuate Earth before it is recycled. This is a wicked, wicked world. We are all evil in some form or another. Hello, Mysterians. Welcome to another episode of the Cabinet of Dr. Mystery. Today, we're joined by... My name is Hassan. I am one-third of the Nerd Alternative podcast, a black British podcast talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, in all the things that we love in pop culture. So each week, we'll dissect a cult classic movie, something new, something old, some games, some books, some manga. Teach ourselves, learn ourselves, and just... Find something to have some fun with. That's our whole bag. Awesome. I saw you were doing some video game reviews. What kind of... Did you just do video game reviews or tabletop as well or all-encompassing? Yeah, so for now, I've only been doing video games because um, (laughs) mainly I do love playing video games. And it's one of those things where I have like a knowledge about. So it felt like the most natural kind of like leap-off point for me to start... um, writing and it was the thing that I felt most comfortable and kind of confident writing about so that's kind of how I jumped into writing short reviews each week on our Twitter come check out our Twitter on the net alternative it's pretty cool I think so so what got you into podcasting so that was a funny one as well um one of the podcast hosts with us uh Ram we used to work together and she brought uh when she left she asked me would you be down to doing something like this? And at the time I was like, no, <laughs> I'm hella nervous and like kind of anxious. Like uh, I'm going to be like weird on, on like an audio medium. But as soon as we started doing it, I was, I felt instantly like I love doing it and I definitely want to do more. Hmm. Yeah. I have, I've been having a lot of fun with it too. I think it's, I don't know. It's, um, there's good and bad aspects to audio only production, mm. right? Because you don't have to, you don't have to worry about what your hair looks like, mate. It, you you see how much hair is here too, right? <laughs> 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 That's why I put the hat on. I've been trying to grow out the the upper lip though. <laughs> it, it's a work in progress. <laughs> it's it's looking good, man. It's looking good. I can't grow a beard. Like I've just kind of got this enormous kind of like mane of hair. That's that's my uh, <laughs> that's my thing. This quarantine. What's what's the drinking age there? Eighteen. It, yeah, okay, say so it's 18 in Alberta, 19 for the most of the rest of the, the country. Even like up until, you know, my, my late 20s, I was still getting ID'd until I started growing up my facial hair. So <laughs> I just look like a, like a young child otherwise. That's the, that's the wild thing. Like I've basically looked exactly the same since I was about 16. <laughs> I just like, I grew taller. That was the only difference. And it like, uh, like kind of um, 
I, I, I don't know. Like I never really kind of ran into to like the IDing thing. Like it was more kind of just I, I am a school kid. This this is my free bus pass. Please just like don't hassle me. That was my issue. <laughs> oh, that's great. So did you find anything interesting on your own? So yeah, um like little bits and pieces. So like um Indonesia is like kind of fascinating because it's like it's a huge swathe of like chains of islands. It's not just like one landmass. Like when you typically look at like a country or like even Japan, which is like three islands, this is like a huge chain of islands. So like there is this kind of um a mystery already kind of implicit because of all these different islands. You don't know what the like the the life is like you don't know what like the vegetation is like there's so much to kind of explore and uncover already right so it was instantly like we're talking cryptids we're talking indonesia cool let's go it's kind of that same idea where like there's so many parts of like the ocean that we haven't discovered it's such a vast like chain of islands and there's so much that still is undiscovered you know it's like they found those um those little lizards did you know about this? The the little the little gliding lizards. No, no. There's little gliding lizards. They look like little tiny dragons. Okay. Like they'll kind of like fit in the palm of your hand. Okay, and they just they're like flying foxes or whatever. Just yeah, yeah. That that same kind of thing where they fly in a membrane. And they found those in in Indonesia as well. And they're like gorgeous little things. Wow. No, I I didn't hear about that. I believe it. I I did a lot of research into Indonesia and like how many different creatures there are there. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that there's some crazy flying lizard. But I figured we could start by talking about uh, Java. So the Indonesian island where the Ahul is supposed to have lived. So Java is an Indonesian island lying southeast of Malaysia and west of Bali. And roughly half of Indonesia's population are, it's located on Java. So it's a lot. I think it's, it's like like millions of people live there. It's the economic seat of the country. Yeah. It's like where all the big businesses and where like a lot of the, um, the, the, the foreign like kind of uh, business people like move to like it's where the universities and those kind of things are. It's a very bustling. Yeah. And uh, Jakarta, the, the country's capital is on Java as well. The climate's hot and humid throughout the year. And then there's, there's scorching plains and then there's the cold mountains. And, I, you know, I kind of thought, like, that's kind of like they balance each other out, right? I, I'm just trying to picture in my mind just how vast these islands are, you know? And there's, there's like, several islands. The, the minimum daily temperature averages 74 degrees Fahrenheit or 23 degrees Celsius. Perfect. That sounds perfection to me. But it's supposed to be, like, really hot... <laughs> like sticky it's the humidity i think is what gets you because mm. it's supposed to be very humid mm. and there was a lot of talk about these bats and how the reason that a lot of them are nocturnal is because they're covered in fur and they would just be flying in the heat of day yeah. it'd be exhausting right it'd be easier to fly at night mm. it's like they don't have feathers that they can kind of um aerate yeah exactly as opposed to like how birds will fly with wings or feathers, like bats use like sailcloth kind of like membrane that they're flapping around in. Yeah. Imagining doing that in the, the heat of the day and the humidity of the day would be, it would be hell. Like, cause all the blood flow, like going through them constantly to kind of keep them 
like to to keep them like respiring is insane like yeah i could only imagine and i mean you, like you like they're covered in fur mm. it's not like they have feathers to you know fan themselves off or whatever to you know, manage that heat so that's why a lot of them will, will hunt at night but the island has 400 species of birds 100 species of snakes mm. 500 species of butterflies but lots of different insects lots of different animals another thing to note that i thought was really interesting the the island of java is is very volcanic highly volcanic and uh so like there's this the the earth is really rich there because of all the volcanic volcanic i don't know all the ash that is you know from years volcanic. and years volcanic yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> I'm not an English teacher, I'll say that much. <laughs> um, but only 35, only 35 out of 112 are active. That's still a lot, though. Uh, we don't have any here. Yeah, for real. I'm like, one is too much for me, to be honest. Like, if if I had to pick, I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> You're surrounded by 112. Great crops. Yeah, I guess. Maybe some lava. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go there to visit, but I'll have a, a way out. I'll have a plane on standby. <laughs> just in case mm, exactly <laughs> uh, i don't know have you ever seen the uh is i think it's just called volcano there's a movie called volcano and it's got tommy lee jones in it oh it's his brosnan right no that's dante's peak which is also oh, I'm amazing of a different one what am i thinking of i think you're thinking of dante's peak that's the one yeah the tommy lee jones was great too i have seen volcano <laughs> i think like coincidentally like um krakatoa which is when it was in Indonesia as well, the volcano, which when it erupted was the loudest sound produced on earth. Like it was heard in like countries around the world when it erupted like that, that large report. It's insane. Volcanoes are crazy to me. I, you know, as a Canadian, you know, we're used to the opposite where it's like ice cold here all the time. <laughs> I couldn't imagine something that would just melt the, like the flesh right off your bones would melt your boats too. <laughs> the wild thing kind of being here like in britain is we don't have any extremes so like we don't have extreme colds unless you go up to like scotland we don't have like extreme heat because it's, it's bloody england like what we do have is like constant gray no one else can top us like i'm actually scottish hmm? are you yes i am I, I, was, I was gonna say like you're you're like acclimated both genetically and kind of like through growing up in canada to the cold then yeah, that's why my skin is just like <laughs> white, <laughs> just white as snow. I'm I'm built for the heat, man. God, I glow in the dark. Actually, if you like a certain cryptid, we might get onto later. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, maybe we maybe we're on the same uh, same wavelength here. So, from all the research that I found, bats are mainly grouped into two categories: so the the micro bats and mega bats. So. You know, as you can guess from their name, micro is the smaller ones and, and mega are the larger ones, but some micro bats are actually larger than mega bats. Here's, here's the thing with like a lot of um, like kind of biological grouping and um, scientific kind of like genuses and classes is it's kind of a crapshoot and like it does it's a lot less kind of um, intuitive than you'd expect it to be. So, like, the, the way that you see, like, cephalopods grouped, you'd expect, like, other mollusks and, like, shellfish and those kind of things to be, like, quite close to them. But, like, genetically, they're very, very, very different. 
in the same way that like a, a micro bat might have the genes to be ginormous but genetically are more similar to like the micro bats than they are to the mega bats if that makes any sort of sense yeah for sure and that's that's exactly it is that they're grouping them mainly on their like their features more so than the size of them right like the way their face looks and and their habits and that sort of thing um so most most microbats have and their diets as well exactly yeah most microbats have different ears for echolocation while megabats tend to have like larger eyes which allows them to see uh, better at night and there's about 200 different species of these megabats i figured that this would be a good point in our discussion to talk about the ahul before we start going into other theories and other species of bats. So the ahul is known for its distinctive ahul call. Do you want to do it for us? Ahool! I don't know. <laughs> That's my attempt at it. Do you, do you know what? Like, do you know what's like really kind of like making me laugh? Like laugh like the the most about all of this. It it was um, there's that Japanese kind of like uh pop culture where like, the crows will say aho, uh, saying like the characters being an idiot. Like there'll be like crows in the background going aho aho like, cawing, but it's calling the character in the scene an idiot. So like every time I would read that they they would say aho, <laughs> I would just be like, mm, mm. <laughs> that's all I could think about. Yeah. Um. I definitely didn't think about that, but I I just imagine it as just the weirdest noise ever. Like it wouldn't be something that it would be like, oh, there's a bat. You know, it's like, what the hell? Who's who's this giant man screaming a hool? Maybe he was calling someone called Rahul. Maybe, yeah. Ra- maybe <laughs> Rahul. Hmm. There was like a large amount of Portuguese people. So like, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> there you go. If we debunked it and this is actually it, I'm, I'm done. I'm actually quitting. I'm gone. That's <laughs> like, it. <laughs> it's just just one guy just screaming, looking for his buddy. They're both drunk, <laughs> trying to go home. <laughs> the cab's here. The Uber's here. Raul. <laughs> Raul. Raul. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ahul is described as having an ape-like head with large dark eyes and massive claws on its forearms and a body covered in gray fur. All accounts of the Ahul report that the creature has this massive wingspan, almost twice the size of the largest known bat, which I believe is the flying fox bat, uh, three meters, almost 10 feet wide. Yeah, It's it's, massive. It's kind of like, uh, was it the fox bat that has a six feet wide um, wingspan? Because that's like that's just under my height. Because I'm like, imagine, imagine something having the wingspan of an adult man standing. Yeah, that's insane. And imagine that with another foot, like uh, another meter on top of it. It's bananas. Like, well, some people actually say uh, that some legends say that. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, mm. that the flying fox bat is massive as it is. Mm. But some legends say that the ahul is even larger than that. Three point six meters, nope. twelve feet long. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> so two, if we if we laid down side by side, like, like we laid down and stretched across, that's how wide it would be. I, I Could would, you imagine? I would pack up and leave. That's too like, much. You know what I mean? It's too much for me. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm staying. 
And people say that this is a cryptid and there's no way this is real. But if it is real, people don't want to fucking talk about it because they leave right away. They want to run away. And that is a logical kind of behavior that I can get behind. (laughs) It's like, I could have documented it or I got out. I'll get out. (laughs) That's the option. Yeah. There's like, um, there's, there's like, you know, um, people who like live next to like apex predators, um, like near bears or like lions or tigers and those kind of things. Like, no. (laughs) <laughs> if i have the option Mm-mm, nope see you later like i'm just gonna pack up and go there's there's a story about like um an indian tiger that was chased out of nepal because it started to eat people like they got the army involved they got like hunters involved and they couldn't kill it so they just they chased it out of nepal they were like it's not our problem anymore <laughs> like i'm like i couldn't imagine living next to like an apex predator like that hell no hell no some people claim that uh, the flat, ape-like face of the Ahul um, is uncommon for megabats. But as we mentioned before, right, some microbats are actually larger than megabats. So some people say, okay, well, you know, this, it doesn't have the same typical features of a megabat, but that's not necessarily true. Like, I mean, it is true, but it has the features of a microbat, but it could be a megabat microbat does that make any fucking sense i'm not a scientist yeah yeah it's mega in size <laughs> micro in genetics yeah thank you it's good to have someone intelligent here <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll just i'll just translate this yeah exactly. <laughs> that's my gig that's, this whole time <laughs> jump in when i don't make sense so one thing that i found that kind of leads some credibility to the ahul is that all these accounts all these legends these tales they talk about how the ahul its feet are facing backwards Mm. which is typical for bats that's how um, the majority of bats feet are feet are because they the way that bats work they they're not like birds they can't take off and fly right they drop down two or three feet and then fly so it's easier for them to roost with their their feet backwards that way they can just let go and drop so most accounts the ahul will eat fish but it has been known to attack humans. There's been tales of it attacking, uh, you know, grown men. If geese fight us, why not this? See, I know that slapping a, a Canadian goose is a felony, <laughs> but I'm going to do it if it's biting me, you know? <laughs> mate, no, for real. Like, if it's you or the goose, you got to take that goose out, mate. <laughs> I don't know if a bitch slap would work that well on an ahool, though. <laughs> I found uh, a few recorded sightings of the Ahul. Or I guess I should say a few recorded sightings of bird, massive bird, bat, ape-like creatures. The Ahul was first reported by Dr. Ernest Bartels in 1925. Ernest is the son of a prominent ornithologist, uh, M.E.G. Bartels. I don't know. Do you have three names why is it m-e-g it could be a title it, it sounds like one of those old like kind of um gentry kind of titles like m-e-g i'm, I'm not 100 sure though this is why you got a brit on <laughs> <laughs> gotta have you on here more often <laughs> i'm gonna miss things without you here yes job security job security <laughs> so bartell was exploring the salem mountains in java when a giant bat-like creature flew like right over his head and Two years later, 
He saw the Ahul again. He had a camp all set up, and they were tenting next to a river. And he heard the, the Ahul screech, and he came running out of his tent to find the Ahul, because, you know, no one believed him the first time he saw it. And uh, he chased it. I think he chased it, like, 10 kilometers or something crazy. Like, he just booking it after this massive ape-like bat. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would he, be going the opposite direction. He was just chasing this, this poor Portuguese guy who was looking for his friend. That's <laughs> the worst part of all of this. He was just looking for Raul. Yeah, just yelling at, just yelling at this poor guy running down the riverbank. Raul. Maybe that's why he was like uh, screaming because he was like, "Please get this British guy away from me, Raul, Raul." <laughs> yeah, Raul, where are you? I need help. <laughs> I did find a few other sightings of like large bat-like creatures. One in 1947 at least one or two in the early 50s, and another one I found was in the mid-70s. So it's not, you know, already, like, there's already people who have seen this thing or have reported seeing it. So, you know, if there's more than one report from more than one person, automatically to me that starts leading a little, you know, lending a little bit of credence or, you know, credibility to it. For me, anyway. Kind of, I was going to say, kind of, sort of, like, um, I'm, I'm always, like, I'm, I'm never going to be someone who's, like, 100% um, sure of anything. Uh, I'd, I'd rather, like, find some evidence or find definitive proof that something isn't real, right? But, like, there is, there's, there's so many kind of, like, um, things that it could be that that isn't a giant bat. Because, like, for the most part, I feel like we're sophisticated enough in the way that we surveil things to, like, find a lot of like small creatures like usually when we find like new creatures now it's very small creatures or it's insects right like most of the big creatures in the world were found so like it i I feel like for the most part it's like not impossible to to, like hide something of those but like i'm not a ornithologist i'm not a biologist like it's i don't know man um the other thing is there's so many kind of like meteorological like kind of phenomenon that could make shadows seem way larger make sound elongate and kind of like project further like the humidity in the air and like the way that clouds are will change the way that light kind of reflects and like like there's um that phenomenon of like the giant men in the mountain that thing where it's like the way that the clouds bend the light makes the shadows gigantic so like it's not giants that are projecting these shadows it's people in the right place at the right time so it could just be a bat at the right place at the right time, projecting a giant shadow. That's true. I, I never thought about that. Like light tricks and yeah, because they're flying up in the sky. You could have the moon or shadows or whatever change their shape or, or magnify their shape. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought about that. And this has been Skeptic Corner. <laughs> Don't kill me. Oh, God. So I was going to talk about some ancient legends around bats that. Some people have made the connection to the Ahuls or other cryptids, but anything else you wanted to add? Or anything crazy that you found out about the Ahul? I, I found a couple of things that were like kind of um, linked to the Ahul that they are like very, very similar. Like um, one in particular, the Orang Bati, which is another Indonesian cryptid, which is another um, bat primate thing. Okay, yeah. I, f- I found it quite interesting that like before like kind of Indonesia became like Indonesia, like these separate islands would have like separate cultures and they would have their own like peoples and they would have their own languages and like so like having these separate islands have very similar like myths and kind of like cryptids is super super interesting to me and it's like i I wonder where it comes from and it's like could it just be again the back to skeptic corner 
the 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 meteorological thing that's making like bat shapes look bigger or is it something more one thing that i i talked about in our earlier episodes i think it was the the halloween highlights one so episode two and three i talked about the uh banshee irish i believe it's irish folk folk tale about the banshee but you see that a lot of people in newfoundland they also have that same idea where they have the the old hag or the banshee kind of yeah. similar thing, right? So I feel like it's it could be that that idea, you know, you're you're kind of playing telephone sort of with like a old folk tale, and it gets uh, more distorted as you go. There's um Neil Gaiman's uh, book American Gods, where they take the their deities and their demons with them as they travel across the world, which is like. It's such a fascinating thing because it's um, the the way like a legend will grow and change is very susceptible to like the land it finds itself in, like the taboos and the um, the things that we find like pleasing tend to shape our biases and the way like look at what is right wrong and then add into our religion and our spirituality right. So like seeing in real time like the change from like Europe and like the old land to like America. And seeing the way that that kind of spirituality changed and grew, it's super fascinating. And it's like, of course, that's happened the world over. It's just we have the luxury of like <laughs> the like uh, books and the internet to kind of to keep it alive, so we can see it in real time. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess since we're on the subject of spirituality, I'll just talk about this crazy bat legend. I'm ready. I'm ready. So the legends of the ancient Mesoamerican civilization known as the Maya civilization, they speak of Camazots. Camazots means death bat in this ancient language. And in, in, you know, in a lot of cultures, bats are you know, dark omens. But in Mesoamerican culture, they're associated with night, death, and sacrifice. In this ancient Mayan... I think it's Maya, I don't know. But if in this ancient mythological text, Popol Vuh, Zatzilia, Zatzila? It's like Godzilla, but with Zs. Zatzila. This, this was the name of a cave inhabited by uh, Kamazots. Kamazots is a monster with a humanoid body. Wait, wait, the wait. Head of a, is this the Bat Cave? This is the Bat Cave. This is the Bat Cave. Zatzila. So, Zatzila is the Batcave, and Kamazots is Batman. He looks like a human being, but he has like a bat head and giant bat wings. This is Batman. So, his name is Bruce? His name is Bruce. <laughs> he got bitten by a radioactive <laughs> ahul, and he became Kamazots. <laughs> There's actually, if you, I don't have a picture of it, but there's this really cool, it's almost like a suit. It's kind of like the bat suit, but it's basically, you know, like the cape of bat, like the, the, the what is it, a cowl? Is that what it's called? And it has the neck mm. thing and the, right? And he just pulls it on. So somebody made that, but it's supposed to be a Maya statue. It, it judges you singing. It's Simon Cowell. Oh, God, don't kill Judges me. Judges, you sing. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into when you invited me on. <laughs> but it's this big, 
It looks like a silver, almost a silver statue, and it, ha- it looks like it has jewels or something. And this artist made it thinking about camisots, but it looks exactly like Batman's cowl. And that's all I'm picturing is just Batman, except for without the cape, he just has giant wings. <laughs> I don't know. It, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that, that cowl. was like, yo, that's Batman if he were like a king. When he, when he defeats all the enemies in Gotham, then he gets to wear this jeweled cowl. There are like other world stories like, you know, Batman the Night, uh, Night Batman, like back in time and all these kind of like other, other world stories where I'm like, this makes sense. <laughs> this fits enough. I would like to see them make remake 2012, but with Batman. <laughs> Just like a disaster movie with like the Mayan calendar, but Batman. Batman turns into Kamazots and comes and brings about the destruction of the world. Uh, let, me, let me start the script. <laughs> I was reading this ancient text and it was just about Kamazots and how he, brought, uh, he was one of like four demons that brought about the destruction of everything on Earth before, like it's called like the new sun in this Maya, te- uh, you know, scripture. It's weird. Mm. I mean, it's not weird. I shouldn't say weird. It's, it's interesting. That's a better word insulting a whole culture <laughs> <laughs> there's there's um i i think it's good to kind of explore like things that are like so kind of different to the way that you're brought up to like kind of assume spirituality or like kind of um how like stories should be told and i think like um the more you read about like different cultures like the minds and those kind of things like the the better kind of equipped you are to kind of see where people kind of come from. Yeah, that's so true. Like, e- even to, like, a minute degree, like, even if it's not, like, huge in their life, like, there's a lot of, like, um, social cues or, like, um, h- how do you put it? Like, um, like, references that you wouldn't understand if you didn't understand the spirituality kind of, like, ingrained in a culture from the base up. And I think that's, that's super cool. Yeah, that's so true. Kamazots, this crazy motherfucker. He uh he was said to attack his victims by the neck and decapitate them. Just like rip their heads right off. There's a there's actually a story that I was reading about these two heroes in in this Maya text and they had both gone to hunt or you know whatever they were doing with the Kamazots they were trying to defeat the Kamazots and they ended up having to stuff themselves into their they had these dart guns like you blow into them and i imagine it's like a bamboo reed or something like that that they would use but it said that they stuffed themselves inside of their these tubes to avoid being decapitated okay and when they're in these tubes one of them decides to stick his head out to see if kamazots is still around and kamazot flies in and decapitates this guy but he takes his head and he, he flies it up to the gods and the gods use his head for their next game of soccer or whatever ball game they play. <laughs> That's Kamazots. You know, sometimes with these stories, you can't make heads or tails on them. <laughs> very, very punny. So a lot of people, a lot of scholars believe that Kamazots was inspired by the common vampire bat, you know, like. The vampire bat that's in, I believe it's in the U.S. as well, where, you know, it it will latch onto an animal, like a cow or a pig, and it will suck its blood and and fly away. 
some scholars believe that it was based on a giant vampire bat that went extinct. Okay. Well, it's interesting. In 1988, a fossil of a vampire bat, this, this giant vampire bat, was discovered in the Mongus province of Venezuela. And the fossil of this bat was like 25% larger than the largest bat known to man. It's crazy. I don't want to mess with it. You know what I mean? I, I feel kind of sick. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Even, even just like seeing that when you're digging it up, like that'd be crazy. Mm. It's, it's like the first people who were like digging up um, full skeletons of like dinosaurs and like actually putting them together. Like that, because f- like we've grown up with the idea of dinosaurs with like the, the common knowledge that they existed, right? So we're not so surprised when we see like a big giant skeleton all together. But the first people who were like actually putting them together, how trippy must that have been when you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't compute, right? I, I can only imagine. You just unearth this massive creature. And then you kind of have to speculate and just think about like, well, how big actually, like what did this actually look like? Like this ginormous creature, just massive. <laughs> the scale of it. <laughs> in the year 2000, a tooth from this giant vampire bat was also found in Argentina. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, we, we know that these creatures did exist at some point. It's, it's difficult to say when they existed or even if they're like extinct, if they're not still around right now. But from all the evidence that I could gather, from all the research that people have done, it's evident that these vampire bats, these ginormous vampire bats that, that thrived on blood, there's evidence that they coexisted with humans at some point in South and Central America. And mm-hmm. when you think about this bat, that is drinking blood this is a massive creature it's large it's a large bat and you know if you think about the i I don't have the exact numbers of the body but it's got to have a massive body if it's if it's such a large creature with that much blood needed to satiate your appetite it definitely most certainly it would have fed on larger creatures uh, maybe even humans the human digestive system is like super in- inefficient, like super, super inefficient for like the volume we eat and how often we have to eat. Most animals like have a way more like kind of efficient. Tell me like, about it. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but like well, we need to eat way more than like a tiger does, or, like a lion does, like to, to exist for like till the next meal. Do you know what I mean? They, they can survive and kind of get on with their day for a lot longer than we can at a higher kind of athletic nature than we have to for the most part. When you see like a bat or like in like a vampire bat, like the 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 volume of blood it has to drink, it's it's like it's not as crazy as you'd think is is what I'm getting at to like satiate that bat. Although like kind of I'm not sure how the scale up would go because I don't expect it to be a one to one thing. That is a good point though. When you when you think about the vampire bats that we know today, they're not like you know bloodletting a cow dry, right? They Obviously, they're bad because they transfer illnesses and that sort of bloodborne diseases, but it's not like they're killing the animal with one bite. But it's hard to imagine that such a giant creature, you know, if it did just live off blood, I think... It would eat a lot. That it would need a significant amount. Even if it wouldn't bleed a human or a cow dry, it would still do some serious damage, right? Here's the second part to that. At the time of those existing, there would be bigger mammals too like there was mammoths and like other like 
larger land mammals than there was now. Like, true. Like the the kind of transition from like um, giant animals isn't as like kind of cut and dry. Like meteor done, humans small animals. There's like a kind of gradual transition period. Like there's like dodos and like mammoths coexisted, and there, there's like. I I don't exactly know what the point in history is where like megafauna kind of stopped being a thing. I'm assuming at the point of like these gigantic bats, there were other megafauna at the time too. Yeah, that's a good point as well. Yeah, didn't really think about that. Like at this point, probably everything would be bigger. Yeah, sure. Some scientists theorize that the Ahul may be related to another cryptid, the Kongamato. Have you heard about the Kongamato? Yeah, um, a large pterosaur. Um, I, it was one of the first things that kind of popped up when I started researching this. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, the, the one that used to like knock boats over, right? That's the one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you're right. It's uh, a large pterosaur that was living, living in Africa, especially or particularly Zambia, the Congo and Angola. And you're absolutely right. Um, it, its name means breaker of boats but some people interpret it as like overturner of boats so yeah and that's the that's the legend is that this thing would fly into the boats and like their canoes and it would tip tip their canoes over and it would attack any villagers who ventured kind of close to the water some locals state that this creature has been known to attack or even kill humans and a lot of people say that they've seen these creatures actually digging up recent burial grounds and scavenging flesh and, and you know, taking, taking flesh and, and muscle off of the uh, dead bodies. They said that they're, they don't bury their dead very deep. So that's one reason why a lot of scavengers will come, you know, scavenge the bodies. The Kongamoto is said to resemble a large lizard with leathery wings and a row of teeth along in its beak. And sightings have occurred since the 30s. It sounds to me like this is just that uh, that baby lizard that you're talking about earlier all grown up. There's very few things as terrifying as like giant lizards. They've, they've kind of devolved into the tiny things. Or maybe it's the reverse of that. Yeah, like we technically have birds and like um, smaller lizards which are directly like kind of evolved from the dinosaurs like of yonder year right yeah so like why not this let me just screw my skeptic cap back on um there's a (laughs) there's very few like giant things i kind of give credence to still existing without us knowing about just just because like a (laughs) like we tend not to like um we tend not to like to share our space, right, as human beings. If there's big predators, we tend to like either train them into house pets or destroy them. Like there's very like little in between ground, like with human beings. Like the only like like conservation is only a recent thing in history. Looking after like our big predators and like the big animals and the dangers to us by other biological animals, like that's a recent thing. That's not like something we've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? So like if these things existed and if they and, and and if like people knew about them we would have destroyed them like that's that's the way i kind of think about it like i i, I don't see like humans being peaceful cohabitants if you get what i mean yeah totally yeah no you're you're absolutely right like 
if you look at the history of, you know, mankind and the effect that we've had on animals, you know, if they're dangerous, we tend to wipe them out. One thing that I found really interesting is that some people say that these, like the the uh, the Kungamato and the Ropen, the Ropen especially, which we'll talk about here in a second, they say that some of these creatures are said to have lived in these deep, dark caves. That leads me to the idea that maybe there's a possibility that these things, they only come out very seldomly to feed. Mm. And maybe that could be, you know, if, if it's in a very remote part of the islands and it's mainly dwelling in a cave and it only comes out on the dead of night, obviously you're, you're raising some good points too, right? If we did know about that, these types of creatures, then we would take them and we would kill them or we would put them in a giant zoo or something so everyone could, you know, travel around the world and look at them kind of thing, right? But, you know, with the, the idea of them hiding in a cave, I think that that kind of lends a little bit of credibility to it. Or oh, at least sure, lends sure, the possibility, sure. right? The pl- you know, like, it could be a possibility. To my mind, like, I tend to kind of be a little bit more pessimistic with my view on how humans act. Like, if you look at things like, e- even like small and like very unthreatening animals like you know the eye eyes like um you know the little ones with the crazy hands and the big old eyes there's little like um i don't know if they're marsupials or if they're actually monkeys but like, like a long middle finger giant eyes right yeah that's the one yeah like they're, they're seen as being like um evil and kind of like harbingers of the doom and like we almost wipe them off the face of the earth because of those superstitions like Look at what we've done with rhinos, like kind of grinding up their body parts and like poaching them, like we've wiped them out. I I feel like there's so many kind of like different angles to the destructiveness. Man, if we found something to be worried about, like a lot of the time, like the big animals and the big dangers that we still have around is because we like looking at them. Like there's an inherent kind of beauty to like lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. (laughs) There's, There's like the the heraldic like kind of side of those things and like there's there's like a appreciation for like the cubs and those kind of things i don't know if we would have that same feeling with like cryptids you know what i mean (laughs) well especially like a cryptid of this size that would be like extremely dangerous there's not much cute and cuddly about a giant you know man-eating bat would make fishing more fun I mean, maybe you could tame them. It, well, it could be like uh, the never-ending story. You just jump on their back and go for a, you know, go for a rip. That would be cool. You figured it out. That's that's how we would keep them alive. That's it. <laughs> We'd like selectively breed them to be able to like carry us around. Yeah, no one, no one would mess with you at school anymore. Look what we did to horses. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. See, there's yeah. <laughs> D- Leashes would be way, way tougher. God, they would be massive. <laughs> you'd have to take that. You'd have to. We'd have to make the streets bigger so people could land their their ahuls down on the ground. <laughs> ahul lanes. <laughs> you need a whole lane. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. I apologize to you, the listener, for that one. <laughs> the ropin means demon flyer, and you're right. It's a it's a ser- Pterosaur, I don't know how to say that word properly, and it's thought to inhabit New Guinea Island. And it's like the Kongomato has that membrane on its wings 
or I guess the membrane that make up its wings, and these razor-sharp teeth that, that line the snout-like beak. And now we're talking about these ahuls that have this massive wingspan and these gigantic vampire bats, but I read somewhere that there are people who claim that this ropen has a 100 feet wingspan. I'm fully in skeptic. Is that the size of like a Boeing jet? Like how how big is that? The, his, his, There's no way. Yeah, I was going to say like here's the thing. There's um like, you know, going back to like the conversation earlier about like how much you need to eat to sustain size. It's not just food that you need. It's like oxygen as well is like the reason like we used to have like giant animals on the planet is because the oxygen content in the atmosphere was higher. It could support those life. It's why we also used to have like giant insects we wouldn't be able to now it's, it's not feasible like they wouldn't be able to respire enough to like keep themselves afloat or like to be able to hunt it just doesn't make sense also like just <laughs> the way that like biology works a lot of the time and evolution works a lot of the time is if it's too big to sustain efficiently your body will get rid of it you know what i mean like if if there's no sense for you like if if like if it costs more than it brings to to like reproduce or to do the things that you need to do you, the the only kind of like uh things against that are like um like the sexual display stuff like horns on insects and deer and those kind of things but those are um they're they're time-based they're not always there deer won't always have the big rack of antlers that they're just as a mating display a hundred feet of wingspan makes no sense like i don't think that would I'm taking off my skeptic cap. <laughs> well, don't take it off yet. We're not done. <laughs> I just think that what these people actually saw was the Wright brothers testing out their first plane. That's what they saw. That's the roping. <laughs> the reason that I, I made that plane joke is some accounts say that the roping gives off a bioluminescence. So, a, like, a, you know, a bright light to attract fish and stuff. And the the ropen is also like we talked about with the kongamato it's known to go to grave sites and or or scavenge off the dead mm. there are a couple of people that do claim to actually have seen the ropen though i don't know if they saw the 100 feet wingspan or if they just saw some babies some baby ropen mm-hmm. but in 1944 an american fighter pilot uh, dwayne hodgkinson which is a very unfortunate last name to have. But he claimed to, ha- to come across the creature while he was stationed in uh, New Guinea during World War II. And he said that the encounter only lasted a few seconds, but when he was in the bushes, this, basically a pterodactyl, came down and flew in front of him. And uh, he said it had a long snout, long appendage coming out of its back and its head, and it had these massive massive wingspan there's also one more sighting uh 1986 this one sighting of the ropen was actually really crazy this man was gardening he's working in his garden and villagers reported seeing a massive creature swoop in and pick him up while he was in his garden and it lifted him about 40 feet in the air and then it dropped him it let him go and he fell all the way down and when he hit the ground, he either died or he was unconscious or, you know, he was otherwise incapacitated. He was hurt. Yes, I would say so. 
the Ropin came back, swooped in, picked him up, took him up to a tree, and then ate him, ripped him apart in front of all these villagers. Those are the uh, counts of Ropin that I, you know, read about online. Um, at that point, you pick up the village and you leave. If, like, you see your buddy <laughs> get picked up, thrown in a tree, and then eaten, it's time to go. <laughs> I think the party's over. How else do you fight? Like a giant pterodactyl. How do you fight you that? You don't. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you just, you burn down everything. Everything has yeah, to. Yeah, you just like, leave. It's like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Although saying that, like, um, one of the things that we're kind of like the most crafty about is like figuring out how to kill things. So like, if they sleep in caves, we just wait until it goes to sleep. It can't use those big old wings. It, it's like disabled on the ground. There you go. With the description of those two creatures, the Ropin and the Kongamato, both of those are more like pterosaur. Mm, that's the word. But those are more like reptile, like reptilian-like kind of creatures. And the one... Aliens? That, the, yeah, well, they could be. I don't know. Do you ever think about that? Like how some of the creatures that we have could just be Avian from a different planet? in the sense of like... Well, the word actually is like something foreign, something different, something like yeah, true. totally outside of our sphere of like understanding and knowledge. You know, that's why I feel like it's, it's more alien in that sense. Like, you know, deep sea creatures are alien to us. They might as well be like from a different planet because they're so outside of anything we can kind of know to expect. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. There's so much that we don't know about different creatures, especially creatures in the ocean. But I was more thinking about like even microorganisms, I don't know. Does anything really survive in space, though? I was just thinking about like meteors falling to Earth and introducing, you know, like new microorganisms or bacteria or whatever. But I don't even know if anything would survive that kind of, you know, in space and then the the burn up from entering the atmosphere. I don't even know. So they like things can survive in space. So like you know, um, I'm not a scientist. That was just my the thought I you had. know um, water bears. Water bears, yeah, like so. So those like, extremophiles, I think, is what those organisms are kind of called, where they can survive in almost any condition, like as extreme radiation or like heat or acidity. They can ex- they can survive almost anything. So they they took them up to space. They let them out into the vacuum of space, left them in like the cosmic radiation of the sun, without an atmosphere to protect them. Brought them back in the ship. And within like moments, they woke up and happily started reproducing again and just got on with their lives. Okay, so me after a beer? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of those descriptions, they're more, like I said, they're more like reptilian-like. So the Orang Bati is more of a, a closer relation, in my opinion. Like it could be more... More relatable. It's more cousin-like. There's a um, there's a lineage. There's like a clear lineage. So, is there anything that you wanted to say about the Orangbati since I interrupted yeah, you earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like um, in in kind of like mythologies of like different cultures, there's like a kind of family of monsters that you can kind of see like the clear lineage between them. You can kind of understand like how the stories of like these things grow and shift and change, right? Dragons and wyvern and these kind of things. I, f- I feel like this is like one of those things with with Indonesia. It's like 
very culturally specific thing with like the the Ahul and the Orangbati, where they're like they're of the same kind of like um, mythological lineage, and like the, the kind of stories have the same roots, and they just kind of grew and changed into different things because they were from different islands. You know what I mean? Whether or not there's like a direct lineage, it's they're all similar. They all have similarities. Mm. The Orangbati is a Moluccan legend, and it has been frightening Christian missionaries and other island visitors since the 1500s. I just love that sentence so much. Frightening Christian <laughs> missionaries is just such a wonderful, like, of the time sentence. Well, it just, it, I, you know, the reason I included it in that way is like, if you think about with this, is this probably a, an asshole missionary went over there to, you know, colonize and, and eradicate their culture. And he shows up and then he just pisses his pants because there's this massive, <laughs> this massive creature flying around. <laughs> if it's real, <laughs> I hope it was just, just, for, just for that, you know? <laughs> so Arangbati literally translates to men with wings. That's terrifying already. I don't want to meet any man who has wings. Well, you know, I guess I shouldn't say anything. You know, some people have like webbed feet or webbed fingers. Maybe they have like web, webbed pits. Don't want to shame anyone or body shame anyone for their leathery wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it'd be an interesting like uh, mutation because like the gradual nature that usually evolution kind of goes, but like just imagining like that whole thing just already being there, that would change everything. Yeah. It'd be so wild. It would. Also, could you imagine the sound? Ugh. It would sound like you're jacking off every time you walk down the street. <laughs> <laughs> just clapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like uh, everyone thinks you're giving like a round of applause. It's just like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm <laughs> just trying to get down to the store. <laughs> I just want coffee, mate. I just want coffee. <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to get like custom sweaters, custom shirts made for you so you could... Keep your wings warm. Mm. <laughs> okay, so the the Orangbati. We're going to talk about this Batman later. Uh, this cryptid is found in the island Saram, which is in Indonesia and in the Molucca Islands. Now, legend has it that the Orangbati resembles a flying primate like the Ahul. It has black leathery wings with blood-red skin and a long, thin tail. And the first encounter that was recorded was in 1987, was an English missionary, of course, uh, Tyson Hughes, and he claimed to have an encounter with the creature. And uh, like the Ahul, the Ahul has that loud Ahul shriek. This creature, the Orangbati, it's said that it lets out like a long, mournful wail. And it's been known to steal infants and children and take them off and take them back to their roosts, which is terrifying. I was going to say, there's something so deeply eerie about the, the fact that it's not got fur, that it's just leathery skin. I don't know why, but that just, that deeply bothers me. Like, it's just seeing something that's just skin. Uh, like Blood red you. and flying at you and trying to take your baby. Like a dingo ate my baby, but it was this giant bat with wings. <laughs> This monkey it with could have been a guy, could have been a blood red like <laughs> monkey bat. Just a a guy with a long tail pinned on his back, and he's painted all red. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> he's got a hang glider, and he comes in and takes your baby. 
<laughs> so is there anything that you wanted to add about the orang bati? Um, no, the, the faster I can stop thinking about it, the faster I'm not going to be terrified. I don't know. You were excited about them before. How about something else that's terrifying? The, the hammerhead bat. These are delightful. These creatures? <laughs> well, the hammerhead is hideously ugly. It looks like somebody took a poor little bat and like did the reverse of the honey I shrunk the kids and blew it up. And then instead of like a bat's, like a cute bat face, you just take a moose, <laughs> put a moose's face on there, and then give it like a sideways vagina for like a mouth. It's, it's crazy. If any of that sounds ridiculous, Google it. This is exactly how it looks. Like, it's nuts. There's, like, a certain part of this, like, this bat that kind of gives me pug vibes, where it's like, you're too ugly for me to hate you. Like, I kind of love it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's so ugly, it's cute, almost. Mm, the world is then you harsh enough. I'm going to, like, at least give you, like, a cuddle. Like, it's okay, buddy. <laughs> I don't think I would be cuddling a hammerhead bat. (laughs) So the hammerhead bat is a real creature. It's not a cryptid. It's not not part of cryptozoology. It's a real animal, and there's photographic evidence. It's actually, like, studied. So the hammerhead bat's habitat is located in parts of Africa, and it lives off a wide variety of fruits. This bat has an over three feet wingspan, and males are typically larger than females. And the females, just like mankind, they look a lot better than the males do. I let that one sink in. I ain't gonna comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it, but nothing. <laughs> oh. Sometimes I'm just gonna agree, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, okay, that's fair. In the daytime, It's typical of all bats, same with the hammerhead, to roost in the hot temperatures. And then at nighttime when it cools down, then it comes out and uh, it'll fly around and go get some, you know, num-nums to eat. You know, unlike the orang bati, it actually has a furry body with mostly gray fur and, you know, tufts of white on its, you know, the back of its head and its ears. The bat gets its name from the male's moose-like uh, snarling snout. It's got this massive snout with big cheek pouches and snarling lips. And uh, it has this... The reason that its face looks like that, the reason that it has that moose-like snout, uh, and uh, it has a larger larynx. So the larynx allows the male to produce like a loud honking sound. and that that vocalization is what attracts females. We're back to geese. Have you heard their honking? No. It it doesn't sound exactly like geese. I shouldn't say that. But you're you're right though. It's like we've came full circle. It's it's this wretched honking sound. They do this thing it's called uh lecking. So a lek is when these bats will want to mate and the males will go down to like an island or like a small patch of land that has water nearby and they will make these loud honking sounds to uh i don't know i guess get the females horny and uh they'll just like fuck on on the beach they go to water and they honk they're the geese the geese yeah exactly we've came full circle 
Like I said, the females are usually like more attractive and they they closely resemble fox bats. So they don't have this hideous, disgusting face. On occasion, some of these hammerhead bats have been known to hunt and kill like chickens and other small birds. It's important to note that the largest known bat, which we talked about, the flying fox bat, also calls Indonesia home. And some flying foxes have been known to have a wingspan of five or six feet. So that's the flying bat that we've been talking about this whole episode. It's it's about a six-foot wingspan. (laughs) I'm six foot one. So, like, I'm just a bit longer than its wingspan. That's nuts. Oh, same. Tall buddies. Hey, tall buddies. Hell yeah. (laughs) Because of, like, the way, like, I've seen bats and I've, like, kind of been around bats before, like, Trying to scale that up in my mind is like distracting me from everything right now. Like I'm trying to like formulate normal sentences and I'm just like, this is a bat. You know, like the majority of them fit in the palm of your hand. And here you have this one that's, its wingspan is as big as I am. Mm. Like that's crazy to think about. Hard pass, bro. Hard pass. Like <laughs> I remember as a kid, there was... um. It's almost too much. Mm. It's almost too much. <laughs> almost, almost. I mean, there's like a place um, here in England called Windsor Castle. As a kid, we went there with school and they had like this little kind of tent marquee thing, but they were teaching us about animals. And they gave us the opportunity to like hold the bat. They were like teaching us like about like facts about the bat, how it hunts, all these kind of things. And it was like a little furball with a heartbeat. It was insane. And like, I can't imagine looking up at like holding that if it could like wrap its entire body around me several times that just i i, I can't fathom yeah if the if the roles were reversed and it was holding you instead of you holding it <laughs> <laughs> the bat looks at you like ah your little spoon so i have a few theories or a few theories that i came across about the ahuul and the and these cryptid creatures but i'm interested if in, to hear if you had any thoughts on the on these creatures um I kind of feel like like a, a lot of like kind of big mythological creatures and those kind of things are either like they're in like a, um, they're like a fable to kind of teach you something or to teach children something or like to symbolize something specifically. I think I, I feel like these are like more kind of cautionary tales to stop you wandering off into the jungle alone, you know, mm-hmm. and like the 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 Congomato is like to stop you to like going into the water without being prepared, like, you know, like kind of being careful with your boat. That's totally logical. If you look at folklore and the history of folklore, the majority of folk tales and legends and mythological legends, not only are they, you know, made to entertain and inspire people, but they're also cautionary tales. So that's, that's completely logical. Yeah. The three main theories that I could find that most people speculate on. First one is that the creature is a pterosaur that survived the extinction age. Uh, you know, the, the pterosaur, the flying dinosaur, which was thought to be extinct long ago. Mm. That's, that's one theory, is that it, there's actually a pterosaur that, or like a giant flying bat that people don't, you know, that hasn't been, been uh, extinct or hasn't been killed off by man. I mean, like you said, it's it's kind of difficult to imagine that actually happening. But, you know, there are still uh, some undiscovered tribes 
in in distant lands, right? So it could be kind of the same idea. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, don't take anything. Like, I'm going to make this proviso right now so, like, no one at me. Like, uh, I'm not a biologist. I'm not a ornithologist. I'm not a paleontologist. <laughs> I'm I'm making logical and educated guesses, but they are guesses. Um, there is, like... I, I want to be wrong because, like, I want mystery in our world and I want to, like see these cool and wonderful kind of like scary and kind of fascinating creatures like that's that's awesome like it, it i want i want the imagination to be always pushed and like find new things to like glom onto like that's that like it's it's why i kind of love these stories and why i love myths and like cryptids uh like cryptozoological stuff like super into it like super super cool right logical brain fascinated brain they don't have like you don't have to like you have to square the circle all the time, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They, the other theory, the second theory, is that the Ahul is actually real and that it is a giant flying ape. But when I think about it, I just think about uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I'll get you my pretty and then she lets the monkeys fly How off, right? I not right? think about this this entire time? Like all I've been, that's all I think about. Mate, all I've been thinking about this whole time is like, when do we start gi- like building the giant robots to fight these things? That's, <laughs> that's what I've been thinking about. Like. Yeah, well, it could be like, uh, have you ever seen Bugs Life? Yeah, where they build that big bird. Yeah, they yeah, build yeah. that big fake bird out of twigs and leaves. We could we could do that, but make a giant bat to scare the shit yes. out of this thing. Yes. Yeah. The only downside would be if it started fucking the thing that we made to defeat it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the final theory is that the Ahul is a giant unclassified bat that lives in caves and only comes out at night and has only been spotted by a handful of And obviously the fourth theory is that every single one of these creatures except for the hammerhead bat don't exist. Those are the the few theories. My consensus, but that's not fun. Yeah, the the, the fourth one isn't a, isn't a very fun theory. But my conclusion, personally, I think that there is, you know, m- maybe it's not likely, but there is plausibility that the Ahul is this creature, and it's just undiscovered. It just lives in a remote part of the islands, and uh, a lot of hum- humans don't go into the deep dark, you know, jungles and find it. Plausible, but highly unlikely. That's my consensus. Maybe it's just that Raul is still out there in the glade, just just waiting to be found. It's been a hundred years, and I've been searching for Raul my whole life. It's like, come home to us, Raul. Come home. <laughs> and that poor Dr. Ernest is still screaming, chasing the guy, asking for Raul, calling for Raul. At least he's still Ernest, though. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my god. Why? Why did I set you up with that? Uh, is that what you say every time you watch an Ernest movie? Yes, of course. Like Ernest goes to jail and you're just, <laughs> just you just like, have all these Ernest puns lined up. <laughs> the weird thing is, I've only ever seen an Ernest movie this year. Like I've only just kind of been introduced to the Ernest series this year. Like it's not really a thing over here. Oh wow. He's a Canadian cryptid. You know who, real real cryptids <laughs> from Canada, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Pray tell. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting to see if you would actually. <laughs> I'm know. furiously googling. 
I'll send you. I'll send you something. They Bob and Doug McKenzie. It wasn't SNL. It was a Canadian SCTV. I can't remember what it stands for, but there was a. It's like SNL but Canada almost, and it was a, a skit that they did. And they have they have albums. They have like my dude like hour long so specials. I'll have to send you some Bob and Doug McKenzie. It it they they completely and entirely they encompass <laughs> Canadian culture. Like it's. <laughs> It's too real. <laughs> um, is this like one of those like uh, citizenship test things where you're going to get quizzed about <laughs> these two? <laughs> so is there anything else that you wanted to add about the Ahu or, or any of these creatures that I missed? No, no. You were, you were super concise and super great about it. Nailed it. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I kind of just get into this. When I find a subject that I'm really interested in, I just have to dig as deep as i can and figure out everything about it it's good for podcasting yeah i'm I'm happy to be along on the journey like this has been super fun yeah i had a blast thank you for joining me um is there anything that you wanted to talk about your podcast anything that you wanted to plug anything cool coming up yeah yeah sure i'll uh let me let me uh quickly kind of fire off about us so we are the nerd alternative podcast we talk about all things pop culture games books tv anime the whole we run the whole gamut if um if you're looking to find some talks about like new stuff like the snyder cut and uh <laughs> four hour shenanigans come come give us a listen um we release every friday you can find us on twitter instagram and reddit at the nerd alternative you can listen to us on all major podcast catch awesome Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. First guest, and he's absolutely hilarious. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Hello, hello, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with host Emma and Zelda. We're two amateur cryptozoologists on a mission to explore the things that lie... Beyond. Beyond what? Uh, I don't know. The, the veil? It just sounds poetic and mysterious. True. <laughs> Learn about cryptids, folklore, monsters, and things that are just kind of haunted. Anything that seems a little otherworldly and strange. Just like us. <laughs> New episodes out every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at across.the.veil and Twitter at acrosstheveil1. We hope you join us next time across the veil. This episode is produced by Death Hotel Creative, hosted by myself, Dr. Mystery. To view more, visit us at notwhatwesay.com or check us out on Instagram at Cabinet of Mystery or Twitter at Open the Cabinet. Please leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. And let us know what topics you'd like to hear in the future. You can hit us up either on the socials or at cabinetofmystery at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash cabinetofmystery. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe or follow for more episodes.